This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now the question of drugs and the consequences of either taking them or indeed dealing in them, was made very clear last week uh, when yet another drug dealer was shot in the most extraordinary circumstances. And uh, he was in the underground car park of the Hilton Hotel, which is off the South Circular Road in Kilmainham. And his name was Gary Carey. He's 40 years of age. It's the third attempt on his life so far. And he took six shots, but did not die and is critically ill. There were other really big criminal drug stories last week as well. Tyson Fury was refused to get on a plane in in London, where he was going to the US, because of his association uh, with Daniel Kinahan, who is wanted for extradition to Ireland um, for running a criminal cartel. And the other fascinating story from last week is the fact that the Kinahans may well have lost a huge amount of their money because they were heavily invested in cryptocurrency. To discuss all of this now, we're joined by Michael O'Toole. Michael is the crime correspondent for the Irish Daily Star and currently uh, the crime correspondent of the year. Michael, I was struck by a piece uh, you and your colleagues, Paul Healy and John Hand, had in the Star last Saturday about uh, the latest victim, uh, Gary Carey. He was shot in an underground car park, as I've said, in the Hilton off the South Circular Road. This is the third attempt on his life. He survived the other attempts and appears likely that he'll survive this, although in what state he'll be, we don't know. But what was striking about the piece you wrote with your colleagues was that it revealed that uh, his brother had been shot, uh, Darren Carey, 20 years ago. He lost his brother uh, in a drug-related gangland killing. It's a deadly business even below the top line, if you if you get me. Oh, it certainly is. I mean, Gary Carey, 
I remember the, the murder. It was Darren Carey and his friend Patrick Murray. Now, they were both murdered. It was late December 1999, verging towards New Year's Day 2000. Now, people may remember this because they're called the Canal Murders. Essentially, the two young boys were, yes. were both shot in the head and dumped at the canal. Now, um, they were both killed by an infamous criminal called Mark Desmond. He was known as the guinea pig. Now, he was charged with the murders of the two men. But he was acquitted. However, he was one of Ireland's most dangerous criminals. I, I don't mind saying this. I, I can talk about this now because he, he himself was murdered in late December, late 2016. And um, I would have known Mark Desmond. He would have been an undercover, underworld source of mine. Uh, there's always this dichotomy when you're talking to criminals. You know, I mean, there's plenty of criminals that I talk to and you know how dangerous. And I've spoken yes. to Republicans as well. And I'm always struck by this that, say... Criminals like Mark Desmond, I know he murdered several people, including Darren uh, uh, Carey and young Patrick yes. Murray, horrendous crimes. But there were others. He was also terrible. He was he was a really vicious, dangerous man. He had a, a, a penchant for sexually assaulting young men, really vicious sexual assaults. Uh, and I met him a couple of times, and I would have spoken to him dozens of times. He was always very affable with me, but it's always very interesting, me knowing that there are multiple sides of this person he can talk to me no problem he could easily go and kill me and he has killed before so it was always i always found talking to him was like talking walking a, a, a tightrope he didn't want to he wanted to hear what he had to say he wanted to develop the connections with him but you're also quite afraid of him with with some justification for this but look yes so uh, gary Carey is currently in hospital as you said Eamon. um there, there are concerns for his life as you said he was shot six times he lost a significant amount of blood at the scene uh, it was fri last Friday at around half 11 in the underground car park of the Hilton in Kilmina Gardy got to the scene initially thought he was dead because he had lost so much blood he's in hospital now he's uh, sedated and he's in intensive care the family are extremely concerned for his his viability or his, his life I suppose I think they're they're very very worried about him the medics would say that he is critically ill but stable. But as I say, that the family do have concerns about him. Now, as you say, you know, there is a significant investigation into what happened. Gary Carey, 41-year-old from uh, Ballyfermot, living in, in Island Bridge in central Dublin, known, as we would say, well-known to Gardy. He, was, he has convict yeah. a conviction for drug dealing in 2002. He has a nickname which may be significant, uh, the Canary. Uh, yes, I, you know, I, I, uh, canary, I like, canary sing. I don't well, like to say it either. Um, no, I, I, I don't know, and I, I, I tend not to. People have different nicknames for for loads of different reasons. Yes. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it could be just the sea and Kerry. I, 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 I would personally think it's Kerry rhymes, rhymes with canary, but right. there are myriad okay. reasons why people. But I mean, I personally, I, I was spoken about this before. I personally don't like uh, nicknames, but sometimes you and sure. I have both gone through. Defamation in Ireland. We know yes. Ireland's defamation laws, so there yes. are valid reasons why we have to give people nicknames. So yes. the people, the people who are uh, in the frame for this murder, are a family of criminals from West Dublin, from the Clondalkin area. Now they're in the media; they're called the family. I know their names, but Ireland's defamation laws yes. mean I cannot say their names. So unfortunately, we have to give them nicknames, and they're known as the family. Very dangerous gang. Would be second to the, would be second or third. 
uh, in the tier of Ireland behind the Kennehans and you know uh, George Mitchell over over the pairs. Yes. So they're a very very dangerous gang, and they have been at this man for quite some time. Um, as you say, he survived a hit. He was shot several times in November in Valley Firm, and then he was also targeted in March. Now I have an interesting story in today in the Star today about this. Essentially, we know that he came home from Sp- he fled to Spain after the March attack. But he came home at the start of this month. So we just thought, right, the gang heard that he was home and went for him. My understanding is the gang lured him home. Uh, yes. This family gang, essentially what they said to him, and there's ways that they can communicate with each other. And there's a, you know, jungle drums, I suppose. Yeah. My understanding is the focus of the investigation is this gang let Gary Kerry know that he was not in any danger and he came home and they ambushed him. They sourced uh, an Audi car used in the shooting of Gary Carey and that car was sourced before Carey came home. So they knew he was coming home and they were making preparations for it. So it was several weeks uh, before the incident, before the shooting of Gary Carey happened that they, they decided to do him. So it shows you how intricate and how sophisticated this operation was. It wasn't just they saw Carey and went for him. They actually no. planned this out very, very carefully, and that shows a level of sophistication and a level of viciousness, I would argue, that they decided Kerry was getting killed, and that was it. He's a very, very lucky man. Now, I personally don't think he's out of the woods yet. He is in a very, very serious condition, as I said. Family and friends are very concerned for him. Medics would say he's, he's stable. We do know he's in intensive care, and he has been sedated. Now, you've been doing this job for a long time, Michael. When I read a story like that, and the, when I you add to the fact that his brother was killed mm. 20 years ago, murdered 20 years ago, I wonder what kind of world they live in. I mean, we call it the underworld. How many people populate that world? I, I mean, people are fascinated by this. There are parts of the city, obviously. Uh, at the moment, there's a very serious feud in Fingus, isn't there? There is, um, very, between very serious. Two, two uh, gangs. And how many people are walking around this city prepared to kill and murder? Well, I wouldn't think that many, I'll be honest with you. I right. remember a couple of years ago, we spoke, there was a, a, a thing called the Joint Policing Committee, which is Dublin City Council meeting senior guardy, and the, the councillors have a special committee and they meet the person who's in charge of policing in Dublin. At the minute, it's Angela Willis, who's just been appointed Assistant Commissioner for Dublin. But a few years ago, uh, it was another uh, senior officer. God, I've forgotten his name. I've forgotten his name. But anyway, he told us that there were 500 people in Dublin who had what you call James Garda information uh, messages, which is official notification that you're on yes. the death threat. So there are five, now that was at the height of the Kin and Notch feud. But there are every, every year, there are dozens, possibly hundreds of people who are given these gym forms to show that there is a serious threat against them. How many people are involved in gangland? You see, for me, it's quite amorphous. You could be an addict who, and we've, there are been myriad cases about this, Eamon. Um, you could, uh, there are myriad cases where people who have addictions are roped into this. They're made to, ca- to yes. transport weapons. They're made to store weapons. They're made to store drugs. So in a way, you get sucked into this. So I don't think one day you wake up and they're right, go, gangland is for me. A lot of people are, are victims in this and they end up involved in criminality because their own lives are at risk. But there are. I remember years ago uh, speaking to Fakta Murphy when he was the Garda Commissioner and he told us, now this was 2000, maybe 2012, said there are 25 active crime gangs in Ireland. It's more than that now. Obviously, Kennans are at the top of the tree, but people like the family. There are there are dozens of gangs. 
and there are, you know, some of those gangs could have 30 or 40 people involved in them, but they're not, it's not like a membership. They can get people to do jobs for them. They can put pressure yes. on people. They, you know, so there are, it's, it's safe to say there are thousands of people caught up in gangland. Some are willing, some are unwilling. Some are victims, some are perpetrators, shall we say. But it's yep. it's an amorphous world and it's, you know, you don't have a membership card, but there are thousands of people, as you say, who get caught up in this every It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Now, the Kinahan cartel, and in particular, the son of Christy Kinahan, um, and Daniel. Daniel. And uh, he is... It, it is said in reports he is the person who runs the cartel and he is named by the FBI along with his father, Christy, and his other brother, Christopher Jr. Five million bounty on their heads. Tyson Fury and Daniel Kinahan were very close. Kinahan, at one stage, along with Bob Arum, who is who promoted um, Hamad Ali's fights as a legendary American promoter. He's old now, he's 78. But they wanted a fight with Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury to settle once and for all who was the world heavyweight champion. And Daniel Kinahan was the one brokering that deal. It was a big deal and it was to take place in Saudi Arabia. And it didn't uh, take place, but the, there was no deal done at that point. But Tyson Fury tried to board a plane last week to the United States 
and he wasn't allowed on the plane because of his association with uh, Daniel Kinahan in particular. That seems to me to be very, very significant in terms of the scope and range of the Americans' involvement in this now. Yes. When I appeared in your show on the stand previously, Eamon, I said that the American involvement was a game changer. Mm. Now, as you say, it was extremely significant that the the rewards were offered by America, that there were sanctions put on Daniel, Christopher and Christie and four other men. And amongst them are, you know, accounts are frozen and the you no know, fly zones. But what we learned subsequent to this was that John O'Driscoll actually said this uh, in America. Uh, John O'Driscoll, actually, I might just take a, a, a small brief diversion. John O'Driscoll is the assistant commissioner in charge. Yeah, of he's retiring, isn't he? Yes, and I think, and I think we should talk about word. that from him. Yes, yeah. he, you know, Ireland, to be fair to John O'Driscoll, uh, I've had my uh, instance with him, to be fair to John O'Driscoll, Ireland and the people of Ireland owe that man a huge debt of gratitude because what he has done, he has led this massive operation against this game changer of an operation against um, the Kenahan gang. Yes. Back in 2016, the guards were at a very, very low web. We know about the, the Regency attack and, you know, that sent shockwaves around the world and it was tremendously bad publicity for the guards because they came under pressure because this happened under their noses. You know, shall we, it happened in the middle of Dublin and the broad daylight. Under Jazz and Magarda station. Well, it's, well, that's a closed down guard station oh, there yeah, in Whitehall. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, look, you know, there were, there were you know, it, it was, it looked, it looked really bad for the guards, just the pressure they were under. And, you know, we know all about the economic aspects and everything. They were under massive pressure. Well, John O'Driscoll has done a fantastic job in turning the ship around. They're very, very, the anti-gangland aspects of the guards are extremely professional. And this operation, this worldwide operation against Kenan that has seen him, I think Kenan's reputation destroyed and his plan to become the boxing Mr. Kingpin has been completely destroyed. And that, in my opinion, that is down to John O'Driscoll. He has done a fantastic job here. And I think, as I said, he's, he's retiring now. And I think the people of Ireland uh, definitely, oh, that, yeah. and the Criminal Assets Bureau, the, that whole concept, which came in after our colleague Veronica Guerin was murdered uh, in 1996. Uh, the Criminal Assets Bureau is now being uh, copied, as it were, by police forces around the world, and it is a very um, effective way of parting these criminals from their wealth. Very much so. As you say, it was set up in, in the late 1996. It's 20, it's, it's 26 years ago this month that Veronica Guerin, yep. this week actually, that Veronica Guerin was murdered. God, yes. God love her. It's horrendous. But yes, yes. Um, the, the Criminal Assets Bureau has had a, a massive effect on criminality in Ireland. And it's being used as a template just to go around the world. But just to get back to the, 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 the Tyson Fury aspect, this is really, really interesting. Tyson Fury has no involvement in criminality. We know, no. John, as I said, John O'Driscoll told, or when he was over in America a few months ago, he told RT that there were 600 people on a no-fly list because of the sanctions placed on Kenan. Now, that's an awful lot of people. The yes. vast majority of them have no involvement in criminality. We know, for example, that Matthew Macklin, who again has no involvement in criminality, but would have had an association with Daniel Kinnan. They set up NGM gym together in Marbella in 2012. Yeah. Macklin was a really good boxer. I mean, he fought for a world title. He was oh. a very, very good boxer. Uh, boxing's not my thing, but yes, okay. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so the MGM was bought over in 2017, became MTK, and it's now defunct. And Bob Arum, as you said, he claims that Daniel Kinnan, who says he has no involvement in now defunct MTK, 
controlled various aspects of it. But there were 600 people on this no-fly list, and Matthew Macklin went over to America, tried to go over to America shortly after the sanctions were uh, announced. He was he was not allowed on, and that was that was pretty big at the time. Rose, but then Tyson Fury, as you say, I remember it was it was I think it was June 2019. He went on Twitter. And he called Kenahan Daniel Kennerhan. I always remember he called him Kennerhan, and he yeah. thanked him for organising this face-off with him and Anthony Joshua. Now it didn't happen, as you say. Star played a role in that because we mounted a campaign that we were saying we weren't going to cover any of this. Yes, and, you know that started the ball rolling. Yeah, your colleague Kieran Cunningham uh, has written a lot of powerful yes. stuff about that uh, and the damage it's to, it can do to boxing, which yes. of course is a is a sport that working class kids mm-hmm. uh, often turn to. Yes, so. So, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I mean, I think the star is very proud of the role there. But just it was really interesting about Tyson Fury. We heard about this two Fridays ago, uh, that he was he was actually flying from Manchester to New York on a flight from Manchester Airport and he was kicked off. Or he, was, he wasn't allowed access. And that was, that's pretty significant because, look, if it's Tyson Fury, if he's not allowed into America, that will, that will hit him financially. And it, my understanding is that decision sent shockwaves around uh, the boxing world because... 600 people, how many of them are going to be boxing guys? I would uh, anticipate an awful lot of people with zero links to criminality but who had past relationships with Daniel Kennan are on that list. So if Tyson Fury can be barred from America, you can bet your bottom dollar there's an awful lot of uh, other boxers and other people involved in this business who are very nervous now and are trying to disassociate themselves from Kennan. Now, the Kennan cartel's fortunes appear to have turned around in the wrong way, uh, Michael uh, because it was revealed uh, by your colleague uh, John Mooney in the Sunday Times on Sunday that the cartel has been left relinked, quote, the piece by John Mooney, by the crash in cryptocurrency. And apparently Christy Kinhan Sr., who is renowned uh, for being a shrewd operator, had a lot of their money in cryptocurrency. And it says in, in the piece, that they have lost, and I quote, tens of millions or maybe more. That's a very serious uh, blow because that, w- if they had their money or uh, or most of it in cryptocurrency at the moment, it looks very unsafe. Yes, I, I think uh, I, I think I agree with John when he said maybe more. I think it is more. I think it's not tens of millions. I think it's at least a hundred million because. As you say, Christy uh, Kinahan Sr. is a very, very, very shrewd businessman, and we know that he yeah. has been involved in the cryptocurrencies for quite some time. Now, look, crypto gives me what a headache. What would the advantage I, to a criminal be of a, of cryptocurrency? Well, it's it's not in a bank, and it's and it's safe, and you can access it, and it there's no you know you, like if you put ten grand no or records, more, yeah, yeah, if you put ten grand or more in a bank in Ireland or anywhere in Europe, you have to account for it. There's money. It, the guard, the the banks have to notify the authorities and the guards if it's over a certain amount. So you don't have to do it, and you can. It, it you know, it's literally in the ether. So it's there's no base for it, and it's extremely safe. Uh, we know. Like, I mean, I remember a couple of years ago there was this fella, a, a guy who was done by the Criminal Assets Bureau, and he had a Bitcoin, uh, you know, money, and it was something like fifty million quid. But he can't access it because he's lost the password, and it's a very, very long password. It's God <laughs> knows where it is, right? So that shows you how safe it is that he can't even access it. So it's not as if the guards can go to Bitcoin.com and go, "We want Daniel or Christopher's money." It's it's impossible for them to get. So what you have to what you have to do is you have to turn that virtual money, shall we say, into real money. And there are ways you can do that. You know, there are brokers and people who will buy yes. it and all that sort of stuff. But 
the guards and the FBI and the Drugs Enforcement Agency and the Secret Service in America, they're all cracking down. And that's what, so Kinnan can't get access to that money. And we know that Bitcoin has, and other cryptocurrencies have suffered a, a serious dip in the last few months. Like, you know, I, yeah. it's temp- it's, I, I wouldn't say, but it's, it's got a lot of money. They've, people have lost an awful lot of money in this. So, He's lost, they've suffered in two ways. Yet, firstly, the general dip in all these cryptocurrencies, which is, it has been extremely significant. But secondly, he's finding it hard to get access to the money because the the, the agencies are, are clamping down, and that's so it's a very very significant problem for them. And just to remind your listeners, the Americans when they launched the press their this sanctions scheme against Kenin, the Kenins in April, they said he had assets of a billion euro. Yeah. So that shows you how much money he has, drugs and. They make the money from drugs, but also they worked as money managers and launderers from other gangs. So they make a huge amount of money. But a lot of it was in crypto. And it makes sense that they're suffering because of, of those two things. The double whammy, the loss in value of cryptocurrency, but also they can't access because of law enforcement to make an effort. Yeah. Now, John O'Driscoll, that assistant commissioner who's retiring and has done so much, as you point out, uh, Michael, he has said uh, in recent weeks that he was very confident that Daniel Kinahan would face the Special Criminal Court and would have to pay for his criminality. Um, it's unusual for uh, Gard to, to talk in such confident terms, but given all that the, we know, and you know a lot more than I know, it does appear that they're on a bad run. And when the look turns against you in any walk of life, things can get very bad. But Daniel Kinnan, who is deemed by the guards to be the boss of the criminal cartel, the Kinnan criminal cartel, is uh, there's a warrant out, and it's been delivered now, I understand, by special delivery, what we used to call a registered letter. <laughs> well, no, I think that's more the, the, the Criminal Assets Bureau have been given permission to serve proceedings on him you know, via email or whatever. So there, there's two aspects of it. Look, make no doubt about this. I always say this. Journalists are lucky to know 10% of what is happening. We're not yep. these geezers who have this omniscient view. John O'Driscoll has the omniscient view. He knows more than I yes. will ever know, right? Uh, so, and I, it always struck me, it's like, you know, that dictum in, in, in military parlance, you only go to war when you're assured of the outcome. Okay. Yes. Like remember Norman Schwarzkopf in the Iran yes. Iraq War or the Iraq War, we're going to yeah. cut their heads off. We're going to do all this because he knew what they were going to do, and he knew that the yeah. victory was assured. And at, at the back of my mind, whenever the Yanks did this in April, I always thought, why are they putting this out now? And for me, they're putting it out because they know what they have. In other words, they have all this evidence, and they're putting it out there. Can you imagine how stupid the Americans look and the guards and everybody else if they put this reward out and they made all this big statement? And Kenning, you know, gets away scot-free. So for me, it's all very choreographed. There are things that are happening in the background that we will probably never hear about. But it was interesting he spoke about the, the Special Criminal Court because for me, I've always had a suspicion that, that it's going to be America. And if you if you think back a few weeks ago... Uh, yes, you said they, that to us before, before yeah. I think, uh, Michael, that the feds might get in because, of course, they do business... Uh, with American criminals and the, the stuff uh, with Colombian criminals as well. The drugs end up in America as well. Uh, yes, and also, you know, it was the Americans who put the reward out. So that yep. makes me think, and we said this, we put this to Drew Harris a few weeks ago at the opening of uh, Dublin Airport Garda Station, and he intimated that, you know, there's a very strong chance that, that the Kenyans will be brought to justice in America. You know, I think from a policing perspective, 
I think Joey Harris would be overly concerned whether it be America or, or Ireland. They, I think they want this cartel taken down. And for me, there's an inevitability about this now. And I think that shows that, that uh, I mean, that's another indication for me that the confidence that John O'Driscoll has. Why would he say that if he didn't know? You know, it, it just doesn't mm. make sense for him to be shooting. He's not the sort of guy who shoots his mouth off and doesn't say, says things for no reason. So it's going to be very interesting in the next couple of months. Just a final question, uh, Michael, about the possible demise of the Kinnahans. Is it as sure as night follows day that a new mob will uh, arise from Dublin to take their place? Or have lessons been learned that may, uh, where the Kinnahans exceptionally uh, shrewd, uh, uh, particularly the father, uh, Christopher? Well, uh, yes and no. Christopher so, Kinnahan is a very, yeah. very smart man. Um, yeah. and, he, and he, you know, guards would, would acknowledge that. But nature does abhor a vacuum human. And yes. There's no doubt that gangs are, I mean, you know, there was a sort of briefing given about this that there is a belief amongst certain guardy that, you know, gangs are already jockeying to take positions because yes. there's too much money for these guys to ignore. So they will, of course, want to fill the vacuum. However, will they get to the level of the Kenyans? I personally doubt that any gangsters will ever get to their levels again. Yes. Kenyans, very, you know, that Christie, very, very smart man, has international connections. So I don't think they were, I think they were the pinnacle, to use that word, in relation to yes. gangland. I don't think any Irish gangsters will ever get to that level again, but there will be there will be gangs and there will be gangs that if the criminal, if the Kinnahans are, are a ghost, others will step in. And, you know, there might even be members of Kinnahans gang who are trying yep. to take over already, you know, so, yeah. you know. So it's it's complicated, but yes, there will be others coming. Nobody will be as big as Christy Kinnan ever. Okay, thank you very much, Michael O'Toole. Michael is Crime Correspondent of the Year uh, and Crime Correspondent for uh, the Irish Daily Star. We're grateful to Michael, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.